Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the October 25th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Today, I'm joined by Tom Guinan, and he's going to give us a recap of the markets this week. Tom? Sure, Cheyenne. At the end of the day, December corn finished unchanged at 386 and three quarters, but that is down four and a quarter for the week. Looking ahead to December 2020 futures, they ended the day down a half at 407 and three quarters, and that's down two and a quarter for the week. November soybeans finished the day down 13 at 9.20 and a quarter. That's down 13 and three quarters for the week. Interesting to note that those uh, soybean futures fell quite a bit right there at the end of the day. We think there's just a little bit of pressure from folks selling ahead of this uh, good harvest weekend, so we'll see if that comes back a little over Sunday night and into Monday. Looking ahead to November 2020, November soybeans there closed at 9.67 and three quarters, and that's down five for the week. Thanks, Tom. Moving on to the big story this week, I would say it probably has to be the weather all across the Midwest. This on-again, off-again harvest activity is really starting to get old. We get two to three days in a row where guys can go, and then we get another rain event to stop everyone for another two or three days or even more. Looking at the weather forecast for next week, though, we sort of have a good news, bad news situation. The good news is that it doesn't look like we have rain in the forecast. The bad news is that the European weather model is showing 6 to 12 inches of snow in eastern Nebraska and western Iowa. However, the GFS model doesn't have any snow at all in the forecast. So we'll wait and see what really transpires, but it would be nice to get a full week to 10 days of nothing but sunshine and clear skies for these guys to really make up some progress there. So I think with that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. Okay, for corn on the bull factors... We saw another increase in weekly ethanol production, up 7 million gallons to 293 million gallons for the week. The weekly ethanol stocks report showed that stocks fell 29 million gallons to 897 million gallons, which is down 11% from mid-October of a year ago. U.S. ethanol is also quoted at 11 cents less than Brazilian ethanol. So a lot of bullish points from the ethanol sector with the most recent calculations showing that most producers are probably above their break-even line. December crude oil futures have rallied a little and earlier this week hit a three-week high. Crude oil inventories have fallen recently, now showing the lowest inventory levels in more than a year and a half. Harvest progress for corn continues to lag with the USDA pegging U.S. progress at 30% versus 48% last year and 47% on average. For Iowa, they're showing 15% harvested versus 27% last year and 34% on average. For what it's worth, Illinois and Indiana were both estimated at 36%, Nebraska at 30%, and Minnesota at 11%. All of these states, except for Nebraska, are significantly behind last year and their average pace. Thanks, Tom. For the bear side on corn, you sure painted a rosy picture for ethanol, but even with this recent few weeks of increasing weekly production numbers, we're still 3% behind last year and well below the pace needed to meet USDA's yearly estimates. South American corn planting continues along, showing Brazil at 47% and Argentina at 28% planted. While these are both behind last year and the average pace, the expectation is that South American corn production is expected to increase by about 3% this year and harvest a record number of hectares this year. U.S. exports continue to disappoint. Last week, just under 21 million bushels were exported versus almost 41 million bushels this time last year. Cumulative exports for this crop year are down 62% from this time last year. 
Well, on soybeans for the bull factors, we did see that China announced some more waivers this week for soybean purchases, and they expect to buy another 10 million metric tons of U.S. beans. They and their U.S. counterparts are working to finalize the discussions of a couple of weeks ago with the hope of signing some sort of agreement in mid-November when Trump and Xi are both in Chile for the APEC summit. Soybean exports last week hit a high for the crop year at 47.6 million bushels. Through the first seven weeks of the year, exports are up about 7% from last year at this time. We only need to average about 33 million bushels per week to hit the USDA projections. On the bear factors for soybeans, harvest progress as of Sunday continues to lag last year and the average pace. Overall, the U.S. was 46% harvested versus 51% last year and 64% on average. In Iowa, progress was reported at 48% versus 17% last week and 61% on average. Illinois, Indiana, and Minnesota are all behind last year and the average pace. Minnesota was said to be 42% done versus 82% on average. I just want to continue to put this out there. It seems like everyone is getting all giddy about the U.S. and China getting closer to putting something on paper to signal that they have agreed to phase one. Even if they do end up signing something next month, it still feels like we're a long way from putting this entire situation behind us. I think it's going to take a lot more time until anyone feels comfortable with these relations. On our what to watch for in upcoming events, we definitely need to keep our eyes on the weather forecast. When one forecast says 6 to 12 inches of snow and the other one says nothing in the forecast, it's obviously, I mean, keep checking those. They can change quickly. Be ready when you have, you know, that dry weather can make some progress. You know, harvest progress is kind of similar to planting progress. Seems like we might be lagging behind, but, you know, with with this equipment that we have, we can make up a lot of ground really quickly. And I would kind of expect to see that on these week-to-week crop progress reports and everything. The next WASDE report is going to be out on November 8th. We don't usually expect big changes in the November report, but with USDA's recent track record, you just never know. So switching over to why does it all matter, this week one thing we're trying to do is get people to take a look at those 2020 harvest bids for soybeans. With many of our locations close to $9 out there, we think it might be a good place to put in an offer. Most of our locations are still a little ways away from that number, but if a few things fall into place, we might get a chance to push up to that level. I know a lot of people that would be thrilled with $9 beans this year. And I'm also going to continue to encourage people to watch the bids for corn delivered during harvest of 2020. With December futures close to 410, maybe if they could get up to 415, I think that's a good place to start laying off a little bit of that risk. And Tom, kind of spending off that a little bit, you know, we have that bonus premium program we've talked about a little bit off and on. And with these, you know, the recent market support on the future side, those offers out there are still sitting pretty attractive for both corn and beans. So again, that adds a little bit to your sales today. And that also puts an offer out there for next year. Those future offers are sitting pretty good. Once you take the basis off, you're still sitting with a cash price that's well above what you're looking at right now. So just something to think about. Again, talk to your grain marketing advisor if you maybe want to look at doing a couple of those as your deliveries are coming up on their 15 days. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Tom, I think one more thing um, before we wrap up here. You had an interview with Clint Klingbile that I think we're going to tack on at the end of this recording. So we just want to make sure our listeners hang around for after we wrap up here. And I think he's going to talk a little bit about how agronomy is doing this time of year, what they're seeing. Yeah, I think we'll just talk a little bit about just what they're seeing, what this late harvest is meaning to their part of the business, and what they're seeing as far as maybe crop quality that's still in the field. Great. So it's been a while since we've had an agronomy sit down. So it'll be interesting to see kind of their side of things for this time of year. 
But I think that's all we have on our grain and marketing side of things. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. Our tagline, bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market, continues to be true. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. To reach us, you could also tweet to us at Landis Co-op. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week. Okay, so as Cheyenne mentioned earlier, uh, I'm joined now by Kent Klingbeil. Kent is our regional sales manager for the Northeast region. Welcome, Kent. Thank you. And I just kind of want to start out with uh, what are you hearing, you know, either across Landis or in your area as far as soybean yields and corn yields? What's been kind of the, the story so far? A lot of the information we've been getting that soybean yields have ranged quite a bit, you know, considering when you planted them, there's a lot of planting variations. A lot of variability um, in yield. I would say if you plugged in like an average, we're anywhere from that 52 to 55 range, probably across the company. Really, I know there's some really good spots and there's some spots that weren't so good, but I would probably pick it there. Corn yields, um, that's something that's been surprising, I think, to a lot of us, especially in the Northeast where I am, there's been some really good yields. Farmers have been quite surprised. You know, good. there's fields coming out in a 230, 250, guys are feeling really good about stuff. I've been really surprised. That's great for great for our farmers and great for their bottom line. Absolutely. So you and I were talking a little bit ahead of the interview. So how do you use that, I'll say, extra bushels to maybe get prepared for next year? What are some of the thoughts you guys have on an agronomy side that maybe a guy should be thinking about? Sure. I mean, these conversations have already started. So visiting with your field sales agronomist at Atlantis, I would start talking about your yield goals. So we have a lot of growers that might sit at a 200 bushel yield goal. We fertilize for 200. And there's growers that fertilize for 250. But generally, you know, we kind of sit at a 200 average. And so if you're sitting in your combine right now and you're combining 250 bushel corn, you're taking off 20% more fertilizer than you planned on. And so just make sure you're building that back into your fertility plan for next year when you're thinking about that. The other nice thing about big yields is it kind of helps pay for that fertilizer, right? Oh, sure. We talked about the example of, you know, 25 bushel at 350 corn is 85 bucks, 90 bucks. And that pays a lot of that fertilizer bill for next year. And so just make sure it's it's a good year um, to analyze the market, look at where you're at, look at fertilizer prices or pretty low from if you look at the historic standpoint think about soil sampling understand where your fertility levels are might be a year to take a field or two and maybe do some building um, and just kind of take a look at that so not a year to cut back on for next year is what you're talking about kind of stay with the program yeah I would I would definitely stay take the advantage um, if you can fertilize and try to shoot for 250 250 again next year Excellent. So the one question I had, kind of the reason I got a hold of you to talk today, you know, we've got this harvest is a little late. We've had some certainly excess moisture. I think somebody tried to tell me this is the second wettest October in Iowa for, you know, recorded history, which I originally I kind of thought, man, that's hard to believe. We've got a lot of rain this fall. Um, so is that impacting stock quality, cob quality, anything you're seeing out there that guys should be at least aware of and, yep. and what are you seeing out there? I would say stock quality starting to diminish. I mean, no matter what we did, stock quality is going to degrade every time it rains, freezes, you know, our corn kernels. I mean, they're slow to dry this year because of that first frost we had. That's kind of something else going on. Stock quality continues to go down. If I was looking at my fields right now, I think the critical piece would be maybe not focusing so much on the moisture level of your corn, but maybe looking at the stock quality and doing that push test. So the push test, we're walking out in the field, we're pushing on some of the stocks, you know, easy they break off. Oh, okay. I would be really thinking about that. This corn harvest is going to take a while. It's a big corn harvest. There's a lot of corn in the field. And making sure you prioritize where you go is going to be critical. Because let's say we get a wind or a little bit of snowstorm and some of that stuff starts to fall over. I would want to have those weaker fields or anything that was green snap picked first because that's where you're going to take the biggest yield hit. 
Okay, great advice. And then, you know, as far as the last question I've kind of got on my list, um, how are you guys doing from an agronomy standpoint? How's Landis doing as far as just fall fertilizer application, where are we at and how are we getting along? I would say right now um, we're just a little behind with all the moisture we've had. I think we're kind of on target from last year and years prior to um, until this last rain event, um, so for dry fertilizer. but And where the beans harvest has been slower, of course, you know, we spread a lot of bean stubble first. So it's been a little bit slower. Um, we're progressing along. Hopefully, you know, we're starting to get back in the field today. A lot of farmers are starting to combine again, so we should have a big weekend, big next week. I think the next big thing for us will be ammonia. And that's kind of in everybody's mind just from after last year. And so my one thought would be that as a farmer thinks about tillage, so we haven't talked about tillage today, that's probably another concern. Everybody knows this, but don't go out and start ripping muddy fields. Um, I think you can do a lot more damage than good sometimes. What will happen is you actually just smear the sidewalls. And so you'll go out and you'll run your ripper and you'll turn things black on top, but you'll actually won't be shattering the soil like you're supposed to with that ripper. So you're not really doing any good. You just will go out there with a disc if you're going to do that. And so just, just a caution on ripping. The other thing to think about is anhydrous. And so anhydrous is going to be really critical to get that put on here in the next two weeks. We're looking at some cold temperatures. Um, we need everything to dry out and get a really good push. There might be times where guys might need to unhook different tractors and get hooked onto toolbars and get our ammonia on because that would be really critical, um, especially on growing a big crop next year. Okay, that sounds great. I appreciate you joining us. Anything else that you can think of we should be talking about or giving some advice to folks out there? I would just say, if you have any questions, reach out to your Landis Field Sales Agronomist. If you're thinking about fertility, um, your precision management, zone management, any of those types of things, we have a lot of options at Landis Cooperative, a lot of things um, between our grain and agronomy department. So just reach out. We'll be glad to help you out. Well, thanks again, Kent. And that'll wrap it up for this week. And we'll talk to you all next week. Mm-hmm.